Hello and welcome to Hash Rugby Chat episode two, where we'll be rolling the last thing to start again. Hello and welcome to Hash Rugby Chat episode two, where we will be wrapping up the Lions tour. Um, I know it was a couple of weeks ago, but I was on holiday uh, in the snow last week, so I was not here to do it. Uh, and we'll also be talking about Super Rugby. We have hit finals time. Uh, yes, after 17... <laughs> 17 rounds of predictable rugby. We have got the eight teams we expected, give or take. Um, and um, and finally, the Oceania have been qualifying for the Rugby World Cup, so we'll have a quick chat about that as well. So that's what our five questions will be about tonight. And joining me, first up, we have Daniel from the Scottish Canon. How are you doing, sir? Good, mate. Good to be on the rugby chat after I missed the first one. Yep. Uh, big YouTuber extraordinaire, so check out his channel. The other YouTuber extraordinaire we have on here is Steve from um, the from Cornflakes Crib. How are you doing, sir? I'm very, very good. Thanks. I quite like that extraordinaire word. I'll keep hold of that one. <laughs> and finally, we have the journalist and radio man himself, Real Mike Pullman. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I cannot believe that the Chiefs had to travel to Newlands. But I'm good, apart from that. My Chiefs are good. <laughs> It's, it's over. I don't even know what what to think anymore. Oh, dear me. Well, well, we'll get into each of your travel plans and how you're jetting off yourselves around the world while I'll stay here in cold Auckland um, for the games. But um, to start off with, let's kick, let, let's go back and relive some great memories. So what were your favourite memories um, or favourite uh, moments from the Lions tour, both on and off the pitch? Right, should I start off as a Lions yeah. fan? Go for Let, it. Let's let's kick kick it off from across the Tasman in Australia. Um, yeah, no, I I think overall it was just a great Lions tour. I think the quality of rugby played was pretty good. Uh, I'm no uh, conflicts going to roast the referee at the end of it, ball, but um, I, I think it was pretty good all around. Uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed all the exciting matches. I think the the draw of the Hurricanes was great. The Highlanders match was great. The the Lions beating the All Blacks at home in Wellington was great, and then. That final game just was intense all the way through it. So I don't think there's a specific moment for me, but I think just the overall tour is pretty good. I'm not going to roast the referee until the end when it's like the low point of the tour. Then we'll talk about referees and, and little pieces of plastic that were in his pocket. Um, I thought, I thought, yeah, I kind of agree. That's the sort of thing I was going to say as well. I thought just overall... Um, how the tour kind of built with the Lions as they toured as well. They started off rubbish with the Barbarians, who were just, you know, semi-amateur guys built into some super rugby kind of guys. And then they got better as it went on before ultimately they got to what they were considered their best right at the end. So uh, well-structured little tour, I think. It, it made a difference having the super rugby teams in there uh, opposed to the uh, NPC teams. So, um, yeah, overall, I just think good quality games throughout and was... Good watch as well. Good competitive games the whole way through. Yeah, I'd echo all of that. Actually, it's um, it was a really exciting tour and 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 hyped up. And I felt like the Lions. I, I was hoping that you know they would win at least one test here, and they did that. And um, you know, not without controversy, but <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. You know, I actually had a mate that um came over to. To my house for and we watched like all the games together it was like our rules so yeah i really enjoyed it and it's great for the country and it was really cool to see like the fans on social media and like driving more and how excited he was getting it was mm -hmm. awesome so nothing but positive vibes for me 
Well, I, say, I, I was down after the first two games. Um, so I, I went to uh, Eden Park. I saw the Lions lose against the Blues. And I did think we were in for a bit of a drubbing um, at that point. I've, I've got my... Uh, uh, my, my my clash my, my my lord of the my not my lord of the um not lord of the Rings, sorry um house of uh, kiwi versus house of lion game of thrones um t-shirt on for this one but uh, mm-hmm. at that point i thought there was a good chance the lions would go through and lose every single game as mm-hmm. some of us had been predicted so that was a low point for me definitely um and then i think probably the the high point from a playing point of view was the the way that the, the new zealand Murray were put away uh, because we really were expecting something more from them, uh, and the Lions really stood up, and uh, and and that game, and also the Crusaders, I think, um, were probably high points for me um, from 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 a game things off the pitch. Uh, and it was when I uh, a couple of key moments uh, going being at uh, being in Hamilton for the um, uh, for the for the Chiefs Lions game, and someone stopping me in the street, going, "Hey, you're that guy I recognise off YouTube." That was kind of cool. <laughs> um, yeah, a, little cool. Of, a little bit of fame, obviously, the hat works. Um, so that was good uh, and also uh, another nice bit off out, out of this was um, I went and with went and met Lynethley Warriors um, who are a mixed ability team so uh, guys who uh, uh, so average people um, like, like myself but also people who have got Down syndrome and other um, handicaps as long as you're prepared to take a tackle um, you're welcome to have a go so uh, going down and watching them play at college rifles um, was great and watching the hurricanes game with them afterwards um, show the whole spirit of rugby and and what this tour meant for me so those i think some of the things off the pitch like that um, were, were were very cool um, now mike i know you got to a couple of games but uh, uh, and obviously as you say you had your your your, your mates ritual all around your house um, but uh, did you bump into, I think, I think you were at the Chiefs game, did you actually bump into any of the players or, or, or get to uh, any of that kind of experience? No, 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 I was um, pretty unlucky to miss out on on the opportunities for the, the, the Lions series. Um, I, yeah, I did the, the All Black Samoa game, which I guess you couldn't count as part of the DHL series. Just um, a high point of the tour for me um, was actually, and you're going to hate this, but it was the Blues beating the Lions because it's, um, it, I don't know, I mean, the Blues are just, in the recent week, you know, they've been terrible because they lost to the Sun Bulls, but, you know, uh, it was just so great to see them get up and, and for that game because I thought of all the games on tour, I, I rated the Barbarians better than the Blues, to be fair, and um, to see them actually actually win in that, that Sonny Bill Williams moment and just shows, you know, Sonny Bill's a pretty dividing figure, but, um, I mean, that was just insane, that the offload that he had. And, um, yeah, so... We've come to know Sonny Bill Williams like that, haven't we? It's uh, uh, it's pretty like that. But, I mean, I, I'm just on Twitter, and cranky old rugby ref's favourite moment of the tour is actually the red card for Sonny Bill Williams. So um, he must be a Lions fan there. But um, Jerome Gar says, Kieran Reid and uh, Sonny Bill Williams' red card. There's a photo on uh, on your timeline drive more. I think it's pretty funny. But as, as old Kiwis, I don't think it's probably your favourite moment, is it? Oh, well done. Well done to that referee. I mean, I, he has some, some bloody balls to send Sonny Bill Williams off. I mean, you know, Sonny Bill Williams, it's a big name, and you're going to send him off? Well done. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's what a lot of refs don't have nowadays is the, in those big moments actually doing the right thing. And 1-1 Poit was the perfect example of that where 
uh, hit the process he went through in that final two minutes for that offside or accidental offside was what, uh, a thing that will be remembered is an awful refereeing process. So, um, you know, I, I, I guess we could talk about referees for the entire hour, but, um, you know, it, a lot of people are blaming the referees and not actually remembering how much, how good the Lions tour actually was. And just for a note, I didn't bring up referees. <laughs> I'm a referee, so I had to do it. <laughs> It's normally always me who's bagging the referees on things like that, but I didn't say a word. Not this time. Uh, you've done it enough. Yep. <laughs> I guess you had two um, two examples of like the extremes, eh? You know, the second test. I don't think anyone can deny that that was a red card for Sunny Bill and great decision. And then third test, it's like the direct opposite. <laughs> <laughs> With 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 the same referee involved because obviously the the, mm. the referee that gave the red card was the one that called up uh, was was the was the uh, was the touchy um, they who, called the uh, accidental who, offside they called the accidental offside and had a quick chat yeah so yeah. Um, so it was the it was the same referee going going both ways on on, on that one just mm. right. so Kieran Reid was offside though <laughs> I mean let's be honest no Kieran Reid was no he was kickoff he was not offside from the kickoff I slow molded it down and he was onside he was on the line when it was going kicked from so he was fine Mark. and then people saying he was taken out in the air nope absolutely wrong um yeah I think a lot of other people were uh um didn't really know the laws of rugby and when they applied there but yeah it was definitely a penalty marginal so anyway, the, <laughs> we yeah. will we, we'll leave that one um, to one side because there have been articles and uh, whole forests of trees destroyed <laughs> writing about that one incident um, in a in, in, in a ten game tour. Um, so that's um, that obviously finished one all and a draw at the end there. So on to question two, with this being obviously a New Zealand focused uh, uh, show. Where do we think that leaves the, the 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 All Blacks heading into the Rugby Championship, having had their, their their sort of having lost and drawn a game already this season, only won one out of three games? That's that's unheard of for the All Blacks. They're in perfect shape. They're right <laughs> right where they want to be. Just think of all the new players that have been blooded throughout their series. That's a big thing that I think the big advantage that they've gained out of it. A lot of big names didn't play in that in their series, um, and probably the biggest one of all that. That has come through that many people doubted. Well, it's probably two, really. Uh, Jordy Barrett and Lamarpe. They're the yep. big two that have come through and definitely uh, shown that they can stack it at that level. Uh, that's got to be a positive. Uh, you're going to get guys that are going to come back. They're going to struggle to make it back into the team. Guys are going to be on the outer that we're in. And that's where you get that competitive sort of thing. I reckon they're in great shape. Great shape. We've got two years to the World Cup. Who cares about what happens in between? Just got to build. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've got to play Australia. <laughs> Please. Yeah. No, the only I think the only threat for the All Blacks this entire this entire championship will be South Africa because you still yeah. see the way they absolutely destroyed France a three zero in South Africa. Um, but Australia is not going to be a problem. I mean, the way Australia is playing, Japan could beat them, um, and Japan's a pretty good side. So uh, I mean, uh, Argentina, Argentina. If you know Argentina can be the best team in the world one day or the worst team in the world another day. So I think New Zealand should be in good stead. Um, but, you know, South Africa is uh, always an interesting prospect, aren't they? Yeah, I've been watching that South African team for ages because that team is just too good to suck as bad as they have over mm -hmm. the last two years or so. Uh, on paper, 
They have amazing teams. There's selection process. Some could, you know, the politics of South African rugby, we could talk about that for three years um, and not really get anywhere. But that team on paper is just still too good. And I think that's going to be the biggest test of the year. It's going to be All Black South Africa in South Africa, wherever that is, I'm not sure. But it doesn't matter. That's going to be huge. And at this point in time, I'd probably say the Springboks got a really good chance of winning it as well, as we currently sit right now. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the All Blacks have nothing to worry about. I mean, um, I've sort of said, I've just had this feeling, you know, that Argentina are going to get up and beat the All Blacks sooner or later. I don't think it'll be this year. Um, and in terms of South Africa, I think it's at Newlands that match, and and, and that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, we, you know, the the World Rugby needs the Springbok team to be good, and they've been abysmal the last couple of years. So. Um, Hopefully they can improve. And in terms of players in the All Blacks, I think Jordy Barrett's really, you know, put his hand up and um, he's he's forced um, a certain Damien McKenzie out of the picture, it seems. So, um, uh, and, and, and number 10, I think, you know, aside from Bowden Barrett, I, I'm a big, big Richie Moonga guy. I, I reckon he, he deserves a shot. And um, if it's not going to happen now, then when? So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because obviously the, the the Lions was the I got to echo one of you. Um, so the um, bump, uh, sorry, the Lions series was obviously the swan song for um, Charlie Formaina uh, and um, Aaron Cruden, who are both heading overseas. So I believe that they are now um, over and out as, as far as All Black um, selection is concerned. So yes, uh, whilst we you have got um, uh, we've got uh, I think they're not for gone blank um the guy down in the highlanders um, so so guys, yeah. um stepping up um, clearly in one of those situations uh, at prop i do think the, the 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 stocks aren't quite as deep so we'll have to see how the all blacks cope there um the the mappy he did step up but i'm, I'm still i want to see him pass a bit more at the moment uh, he mm. seems to be uh, this this battering ram uh, get over the gain line and then on to the next phase uh, without Sonny Bill Williams um, offloading um, as much. So I want to see a bit more of his passing going on. I think uh, that he, he didn't really pass the ball much during those Lions tests. And again, uh, at the weekend, um, I saw a lot of direct running, which is very good. Um, but I think he's going to get found out uh, at, at international level if that's, if that's all he's going to do. Um, Jordy Barrett, yep, obviously um, a, 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 a class act. And the question is, should he be taking over the kicking? Um, I mean, have the Lions shown how the All Blacks should get beaten? You put them under pressure um, and you make, and, and anybody under pressure makes mistakes. It's a question of can you sustain that pressure and that energy for the 80 minutes, really, I think is what it comes down to. Absolutely. Uh, just the point I will say, just from a, another Kiwi perspective, is the only way the All Blacks are, are going to falter during this championship is their inconsistency in selections. Obviously, you've got a lot of injuries at the moment. Uh, you've had to use your depth and completely use so much different talent, lots of chopping and changing. bit of inconsistency in what your, what your uh, I guess, number one team is at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure after a few games, you'll be that you'll get that consistency nonetheless. But that first game against Australia, you're lucky you've got Australia. If you had South Africa in the first match, it could be a, a, a more a closer match than a lot of people think because of the inconsistencies, especially in that all black backline. I don't think it's going to be much trouble picking the team, the starting fifteen. Like as, if everyone was fit, 
I think most of that team pretty much pick itself. We already know uh, the centers would be. You got Crotty, who's always going to go straight back in. I think Sonny Bill will always go straight back in. Uh, I think they're just trying to find a way to get Savia back in form. Um, Dag seems to be finding himself a, fa- a place at home on the wing. Ben Smith's always your incumbent fullback. Uh, there's no drummers there. Bowden Barrett's the best uh, fly half in the world. And Aaron Smith is easily the best scrum half in the world. Um, don't hate me, England. But <laughs> I don't think there's going to be any uh, indecision about that. It's just going to be who's fit is going to be the big thing. Uh, and on La Mape, you're saying before he doesn't pass as much, I think to the coaches and the selectors now, he's just a young or another young Ma'anonu. Look how he progressed. I mean, Lamape is only 24. Uh, give him eight years of building through the development in, in the All Blacks sort of camp. And, you know, they taught Ma'anonu how to pass and how to kick. I mean, anyone can learn if he can. And I think a, a name we're not talking about here too is uh, Malachi Fikatoa. And, and I think, you know, media sort of speculating about whether he's going to head offshore or not. Um, what, will they give him one more chance? You know, I mean, that that's the question for me. I, I don't think they will, to be honest. I mean, you've got centers galore anyway. Do you need Fikatoa? <laughs> Um, I mean, maybe with the injuries that you do have, but um, I, I think Fekitoa definitely deserves another chance. I mean, he's been there for, for years and he was a big part of the All Blacks for a few years, so surely he deserves another chance. As long as they don't pick uh, George Moala again, I'm quite happy with Fekitoa. Um, I'm not a fan at all of George Moala being there. I don't know what they see in him whatsoever. Um, Fekitoa, to me, is probably like third or fourth of, of my of my selection, I'd have him bench or first off the rank if there was an injury um, if I was going to put anyone in. But um, his experience, he's been there before, he's done it, he's played in the big games. And, uh, yeah, I, I think they need to keep him around if they possibly can. Yeah, well, I think he signed a deal over in France and then he, when he missed the cut and then he sort of, he's trying to backpedal out of it by the sounds of it. So, I don't know, if Hanson's not happy that he's heading off, he won't get in. <laughs> Money's just too lucrative in Europe. I mean, that's that's a problem that all of Super Rugby sides are going to have is that if you want to make four times as much overseas, just go and join France and have some good times in Toulon or uh, Montpellier. It's Charles Piertel 2.0, really, isn't it? Well, no, Charles Piertel had a deal. Um, he agreed it. He just didn't sign it and send it back. So the the, 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 the Charles Piertel one is a unique thing. They lost faith in him because they, they felt he had... Um, broken the trust because they had agreed a deal um so i think as long as you have that same line though he is floating that same line at the moment yes um one of the comments on here he's been playing 13 for the blues all year um he started at 13 for the blues but has moved out to the wing um that experiment uh has i I think they're going to let him learn his trade more at the wing and move him in later as he gets older i don't think he is going to be a um uh, he's he's a shoe in into center at the moment Uh, i think that that will come with time so um, moving on to the next question. So let's move on to Super Rugby. And we did touch on it on, on the way in here. How do we grade the Blues season? Um, so we also had the, uh, if we look at that, um, that, that back line, um, we had Pulu in there at, at, uh, at nine. We, um, West uh, in at 10. You then, you then had pretty much nearly an all-black um, city. Yeah, Sunday by Sunday Williams, um, Mwala, who, whilst Cornflake doesn't, um, rate does have all black caps to his name. Mm-hmm. Duffy playing on one wing, who was scoring tries for fun. Collins safe hands at the back, and Rico Iwani on the left. We had a very good attack, a, a, a fantastic backline um, outside of West. Um, 
and then obviously a forward pack with Charlie, um, Luitua, uh, Kano, uh, um, uh, um, Ikiruani. We had there's clearly a a, a class side there, um, and yet they've ended up um, obviously not uh, coming eighth, but not qualifying for um, the, quarter, the, the the finals. How do you rate their season? Pass, fail, success, fail, absolute fail. Yeah, I, I'm I'm done with this team. I, I mean, <laughs> you got all the players. You, you got like you said. You mentioned them. The the problems with this club are higher up. I, I'm certain of that. You know, I, I don't know what it is, but let me tell you something. Oh, Terry Black ain't gonna save them. Sonny Bill Williams ain't gonna save them. Tyler Umanga has not saved them, something needs to change. It's, it's a joke. They lost to the Sunwolves. Give me a break. What were they doing? Were they I think they were on holiday uh, when it came to yeah. the Sunwolves game. I don't think many people really cared about the last weekend outside the people actually making the finals. So, I, I mean, I don't think that final match is really something you should really dig into. It's just one, it's a, it's a match. The Sun Wolves, um, you know, in front of that Tokyo crowd, I mean, I, I don't think it was that bad. And it's good for, it's good for the Super Rugby as well, that the Sun Wolves uh, are beating sides like that. So I don't think that one final match at the end of the season is really something to get too upset about. But the Blues have been terrible all year. I think it's better than last year, but still, I don't think they can pass it anything better than a failure. Uh, despite what the talk has been, the team has been great. They've unearthed some good new talents. I mean, that little Collins guy at the fullback has been quite a good guy that they've brought in. Um, I mean, the guy like Perifeta is a guy that they need to absolutely smash into that number 10 jumper and make sure he becomes good. Despite anything else happening, that has to be number one priority that he becomes good because he's got the potential, I mean, to come and have your uh, starting debut against the Lions and put in... A pretty good performance as well. He wasn't that bad um, for a kid his age. Uh, he's one that has to play a lot of game time next year. He's got to be really into that setup. I mean, just like you said, they've signed Teddy Black as well. Um, so he's got to share the reins there with him and try and guide him you know, to grow in that blue south with that talent around him. They need to get better. Uh, they need to be finishing up and competing for playoff positions. Uh, that's just got to improve. The Blues... Who takes a rap? That's what I said on Twitter earlier uh, after the weekend when they lost the Sunwolves. Who takes a rap for the season? I mean, Tan has been sitting there going, oh, you know, give me a couple of years, whatever. But, you know, it's it's not got any better. And you can't wear a blue shirt after that season either. I did in my, I did in my <laughs> predictions earlier. Jeez, I know, I've seen it. Oh, I was yeah. going to reply and um, say, you can't wear that shirt after that. It hasn't worked. I mean, I'm sorry. He's, he's a great all black. We get that. It hasn't worked. Time someone else. Well, oh, no, no, no. Okay. Sorry. Right. Let's, let's, just, let's just rewind a couple of things here. First off, the Blues are better than they were last season. Absolutely. Okay? Yes, and, for sure. They're definitely, definitely better than they were last season. So it is a step forward. The big hole in the team has been number 10. They've not had a decent um, fly half um, since... Uh, Spencer, <laughs> since um, ever, ever, yeah. yeah, since since who knows when. Right, so that's that's the big that's the big problem. We're now with both our with both the tens our tens leaving. Um, I think Black is going to be the man uh, given the first given the reins first off um, to, to to lead the way, um, and then um, after that we are looking at um, 
uh, you say that, that, but but we'll look backwards first. Let's uh, and let's review the season. This season's going to go down as a failure. I don't think it's about the um, about the Sunwolves game uh, really. Yes, that was a, a nail in the coffin um, at the end. It was a very poor um, poor poor last game. But the to me, uh, it came, comes down to the fact that the Blues didn't beat any New Zealand sides this season. And for me, that is what has been um, really uh, the killer. Um, of this season is they needed to beat at least one of their fellow conference teams uh, games to show that they can uh, potentially um, finish in the playoffs position because at the moment they, they, they can't do that um, without beating a New Zealand side and so not beating a New Zealand side to me was what made this season a failure more than uh, the Sunwolves game I think they beat I think they lost uh, maybe twice was it against um, overseas opposition um, I uh, can't give you that many because they've lost... No, they games. lost one and only to the Sunwolves because they lost seven games, six against New Zealand sides and one against the Sunwolves. So they beat Australia, clean sweep Australia and clean sweep South Africa. <laughs> so clean from that, Australia. Yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> true. But you've you, you still got to win those games. You've still got to, beat, you've got to beat the people who turn up. Um, and to have won all that... To, so from that point of view, it's been a good season. To me, the, the, the bit downside has not beating, not, not beating a, a New Zealand side um is is a big thing now um also so mike you you you're, you're throw the whole throw the whole setup out and start all over again that's let's that's not going to happen Tanner is going to be here next season um so uh but what can you see things looking up next season with 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 black coming in to, to run to to with his hands on or are we going to have a problem still up front oh. I don't know. I mean, Terry Black's a great talent and he's been long rumoured, you know, talked about for a long time now. So um, it's probably, you know, his chances next season to really make, make an impact. Um, but, you know, yes, the Blues haven't been the Kiwi side, um, but I'm sure we'll touch on this later. The Lions haven't even played the Kiwi side and yet they're potentially going to host the bloody Super Rugby final if all goes to script. So... I don't know. When you said Lions, we're going to say, oh, yeah, but hang on, the, the, the Blues did beat the Lions, which is more than the Crusaders. Right. Um, so that's, there, is, there, is that, there is that kind of piece, uh, piece of it as well. Okay, so I think we're all, we're all around saying it's a failure, um, and we have different degrees as to how much um, some people yeah. are throwing themselves off the, uh, the top of the Sky Tower. Um, just, just imagine being a Waratahs fan right now, though. You, <laughs> you've got nothing to worry about. I've been asking for Daryl Gibson to go for the last year. He's probably going to stick around for another year, so I'm going to have to have another year of failure, I think, before anything looks back on the up. So there's nothing wrong with the Blues compared to Australian rugby at the moment. There is that. And I must admit, the way that um, whilst we talk about all the politics, and I'm just going to quick diversion here, whilst we talk about all the politics and how messed up South African rugby can be at times, they have handled the reduction of, of their teams extremely well. Extremely. They clearly, um, they clearly uh, have seen the writing on the wall and have taken the time when Sanzar has been kicking the can down the road to put things in place and to organise things. Whereas, um, clearly, with the... Um, uh, with the ARU, what they've done is, oh, well, we haven't been told a decision yet, so we'll just do nothing and sit on our hands. Oh, no, that's not what you do. You put contingency plans yeah. in place. You don't just... But it, it doesn't help that the force and the rebels have all taken legal action against the ARU. I mean, what else can you do? It's an absolute farce over here. So nothing wrong with the Blues compared to Australian rugby. <laughs> 
It's a scary omen for the bloody Waratahs too. When you when you think about it, they they won the the comp and they've been crap ever since. They made the um, semi final the following year, and then they've won ten or eleven games out of thirty. Twelve games out of thirty, I think, under Daryl Gibson. So, uh, if forty percent win record is not something to see the caliber of team of the Waratahs for him to go. I don't know what is. I'm sorry. And players like Israel Folau, I mean, what the talent. Foley. Uh, yeah. there, there's so many Wallabies in there, and yet we, I mean, no, no, nothing against the Force, but, I mean, the Force are absolutely destroyed the Waratahs in the, uh, last weekend. So, um, you know, the Waratahs are awful this year, and there's nothing. They're a disgrace. I said it on Twitter, and Gibson and all, half of the administration needs to go. Maybe they'll cut the Waratahs. Yeah. See, that would that would kill Australian rugby if that was to go. Yeah, and I think what we're seeing here, actually, in both the Waratahs and also the Reds, is the lack of a coaching pathway. Is mm. there isn't if to, to to make it into a Super Rugby franchise uh, as a coach in um, New Zealand, you've got to have done you've got to have run a, a mighty ten cup team properly for a good amount of time beforehand. The NRC is only two seasons old, or three seasons old, sorry. Um, I think it's this is third season? Or th yeah, this will be its fourth season. Um, so um, there isn't that pathway where the coaches have proved themselves at the level below before coming up to Super Rugby. Um, and you're seeing with Daryl Gibson and also um, the guy at the Reds who have just gone uh, Styles oh, at the Reds. Styles, yeah. um, Nick Styles, yep. Yeah. Um, are two guys that have got who are, are clearly good coaches, but are just totally out their depth and don't have the experience to handle the size of organisation that they're in now. Absolutely. And that's where it's all gone. Where it's all, all, all gone wrong. Um, and that's so. It's it's perhaps unfair on the on the individuals. It's the structure there um, of, of the coaching pathways um, as well, which is a Absolutely. total divergence. <laughs> um, but hey, it's all fun. Um, <laughs> Uh, Spitfires just on Twitter was just saying Harlequins and Waratahs are in the same situation. Coach, no one wants a huge fall from grace. You know, they haven't sport goals in cycles, doesn't it? Apart from New Zealand rugby. But, you know, what can you do? Public's trying to talk, but no one seems to listen. <laughs> uh, they, well, yeah, I mean, Harlequins are, yes, exactly. Another team that um, won the uh, Premiership about four, five, four seasons ago. Um, and, yeah, have not uh, been, been finishing the bottom half of the table. Um, for, for the past couple of seasons, which is not good. They need to, uh, for the number of England players they've got, they shouldn't be down down there. It's a similar situation, you say, to the Waratahs. So, question number four. Did, the by beating the Crusaders last weekend and pushing the Crusaders down into second, did the Hurricanes destroy New Zealand's chance of winning um, Super Rugby? They destroyed my chances of getting up and watching the match, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I don't think they've destroyed it completely, but they've seriously hurt it um, by quite a big way. But then the Lions still have to make their way through all the playoff matches on their road to that. But yeah, it's definitely hurt it um, and definitely hurt the Crusaders quite a bit, I think, uh, by that too. But um, should be interesting. All, all roads lead to those two probably meeting in the final as well. So um, that will be interesting where they could possibly um, meet over in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. The only time I ever cheer for the Crusaders, and they lose. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the the Sansa has really, really 
down a down a number with this tournament, haven't they? Um, can't can't really see any. I don't know. I I don't know, Paul. Sorry, mate. <laughs> I was just going to say that Crusaders just made their life so much more difficult because they've got an inform Highlanders team to take on, who they literally lost to a couple of weeks ago. And I'll give a shout out to Dylan, to Dylan uh, on Twitter, where we had an argument with on, on the Saturday night. The, the Crusaders have lost three games in a row: lost to the, the Lions, and lost to the Highlanders, and then lost to the uh, lost to the Hurricanes. So they're in a three-game losing streak. So not looking good for the Crusaders, is it? No, and again, you say against the Highlanders, obviously without Ben Smith because of his inner ear issues going on. So, um, and the Highlanders are perhaps the one New Zealand side that is um, sort of more reliant on its All Blacks um, than the others, even though uh, taking out the All Black front row was shown to um, to hurt them at the weekend. Um, so there is um, uh, one interesting point here. Hurricanes get to base themselves in South Africa for two weeks in a row. Um, don't underrate the, the effects of being on tour and the ability to have a, have siege mentality. Um, so the because um, if the Hurricanes beat the Stormers, then do they is are they the Hurricanes they play, get the um, uh, the, the Lions? Oh, sorry, there are yeah. So they can't base themselves in South Africa. What that's that's not true at all. No. Um, so yeah, the so Chiefs are going to South Africa. Yeah, yeah, Stormers. <laughs> so. Dear me. So yeah, so it's the Chiefs. So it's the Chiefs that can base themselves in South Africa, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess. Oh, did you all see the um, Samsar uh, quarterfinals list that had the Crusaders in in seed one? No, I did <laughs> not. Uh, so somebody, somebody that they're dysfunctional if they can't get that right. Somebody tweeted that out. Clearly, they'd already decided what the uh, what the results were to, to, to schedule the tweet ahead of time um, rather than doing it. Um, the um, uh, the Hurricanes will play the Lions or Sharks mm -hmm. if they win the quarters. Yes, but they are based in Australia beforehand, aren't they? So um, they would have to fly from Australia to South Africa and then back again, um, probably to New Zealand, uh, if they if, um, for which would kill them. Which is what we saw happen last year with the Highlanders, where the Highlanders lost to the, um, the Lions, the Lions, and and which what why this home advantage um, is going to be so important for this. I mean, as we saw last year, uh, again the Lions had had beat, beat the Highlanders at home. Um, mm. Because the Highlanders basically were out on their feet, uh, and then had and they to. They got creamed by the canes. They got creamed by the canes, exactly. Um, in the cake tin, um, they got cooked. Oh, <laughs> um, the um, um, and it wasn't a particularly um, great weather night, but they, that's that's where it happened. Yeah, I, I think this is a, this is a big loss. Um, uh, the to to for for, for the. Um, for the Crusaders, and um, also there is an assumption here they will get up over the Highlanders um, and uh, get through the semi-final as well. Uh, but um, but it's hard to see the Lions slipping up. They've won their last five games against the Sharks, um, mm. so um, we can see them cruising through weekend. that game. Um, and yes, including last weekend. Um, but that is but those are always kind of strange ones, aren't they? How much were the how much were the Sharks hiding? Um, what they can do ready for next weekend or ready for this coming weekend. Did they have any tricks up their sleeves that they deliberately didn't show um, that we'll see this coming weekend? We'll have to wait and see. Um, we've had coaching tricks like that before happen. Um, well, we saw that kind of, uh, we saw the, the coaching change um, between the Lions and the All Blacks, um, mm. for example. But um, so I'll be interested to see if either the coaches come up with something different or new um, from that one. Do you think the Canes are the inform uh, Super Rugby side from New Zealand at the moment? Or do you think the Highlanders are? 
or the Hurricanes have to be shortly after beating the Crusaders. I think they'll have to take that definitely on their side. But the Highlanders are that dark horse team. You just can never underestimate them. It doesn't matter whether they're here. It doesn't matter mm. if they're in South Africa, they're in Australia. They can beat anyone on their day. Mm. They have just that spark of X Factor just somewhere in that team that can just do something ridiculous. The Cheetahs mm. know exactly what we're talking about. Um, but, yeah, the Hurricanes <laughs> going into it have to be form. Um, form leading with the Crusaders. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount the Highlanders. Even this weekend, uh, you'd pick the Crusaders, but mm-hmm. you've always got that thought that the, the Highlanders could do something special. The Brumbies to cause an upset over the Canes, oh. I'm calling it now, in freezing, freezing Canberra. They re- rested 12 players. So, and Christian Leliofano's back. That's awesome. Yeah. Too, I think. yeah, absolutely. So a big occasion for the Brumbies. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they can beat, uh, I don't see it happening, but it'll be a huge win for Br- the Brumbies if they can do it with Christian Leofano Le- and breaking that 25-0 and hoodoo of uh, New Zealand versus Australia teams this year. Not going to happen. And of course, it's, and it's the last chance, isn't it? Uh, it either gets broken now or, it's, uh, or it becomes 26-0, and 0, um, and then we move on to the rugby championship. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Three, yeah. um, for um, so uh, on Friday night, just so you just so everyone's aware, and the link is down below in the notes. Um, myself, um, the Scottish Canon, and um, are the Rugby um, Roundup podcast are going to do a live post-game reaction to that game. Um, so um, so do come onto YouTube straight after that game, and then on Saturday, I'm doing a live post-game reaction to the Crusaders Highlanders game, um, and uh, I uh, and I think. Cornflake's going to be on that one, and uh, um, I'm trying to line up the second person um, for that one. So, uh, Mike, if you're free on Saturday. Um, I'll be there. I'll be, I'll there. be there. There we go. So, um, so live post-game reactions to the two games that are in uh, the nice time zone for Australasia. Um, mm-hmm. Do join us for those. So, the other big thing that's been happening this week, or over the last three weeks, has been Rugby World Cup 2019 qualification for um, the Oceania teams. And I must admit, to me, it was a bit of an upset. Uh, Fiji went through as the winners having won all their games. That wasn't the upset part of it. Um, The upset was that Tonga got themselves up over Samoa and qualified via via one losing bonus point Mm -hmm. um, for the um, Rugby World Cup and got themselves through. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, so uh, who saw that one coming? Because um, I certainly didn't. No, no, I didn't see that happening either. No, um, what I Samoa is a really frustrating team to watch. They have such a good team, and they look so good, and they play like rubbish. I I can't see <laughs> they're going to hit around it. They they should have played better against the All Blacks when they played. Uh, they should be beating a team like Tonga. I think they are uh, like to my on paper. Of that team, I think Samoa should be the best of those teams. But I saw some of that game with Fiji in the weekend. And they're just ridiculous, aren't they? They play for things like seven still, um, <laughs> and and they just they just score the ridiculous tries. Um, but that's that's island rugby for you. But it's good to see you in World Cup. But we'll see all three of those teams in the World Cup anyway, regardless who they play um, in that playoff match. I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the same as well. Didn't, didn't see that was not coming, but. It'd be great to see all three teams in that World Cup, and um, you know who knows Tonga could. I don't know who they'd be seated against, but they could upset one of the big dogs. We saw Japan do it, so they're in the pool of death. We'll see. Oh dear. 
Well, I'm going to attempt to upset one of the bigger teams. <laughs> so they'll have England, uh, England, France, Argentina, and uh, the USA. So they might cause do the USA, but they'll beat England. Uh, we, <laughs> they'll beat England now. and then lose to the USA. That's what they'll do. Well, we got yeah, to see that they beat France <laughs> and then lost. Well, Drew, I can't remember. Hey, what, one of the things we discussed last time was that. Um, the Argentinian experiment of only picking peak players and how your eyes seems to be failing. Um, but yeah, Jack um, has pointed out, yes, that uh, England, France, Argentina and USA uh, are who Tonga has got on the, um, on the, on the chat in YouTube. Um, so the, um, and it is, but I say, I say, I think the the, the Hagiarares experiment for, for for the Argentina team has failed so far. So mm-hmm. that to me is is one team that could slip out of those automatic qualification places. Um, and Bebo says that Samoa are like the Blues, got the names, but not the chemistry, but no chemistry. And I guess that comes down to these teams don't get that much time together, um, and also the some of the corruption and other issues that go on around those teams. Uh, mm. whether they actually get proper training or whether they have the training kit taken away and given to um, members of the families of people who run the, the, uh, um, the rugby unions out there, yeah. as has happened in the past. So uh, you can yeah, you can see why that they can perhaps, why they do perhaps sometimes perform below that. The other big thing for me was that, or the big bonus thing, was Tonga got to host um, a test match. I was just going to mention that, yeah. First time in eight years. Pretty crazy. First time since 2009 that, yeah, that Tonga had been able to host a game. Now, this isn't, just for those people watching, this isn't getting to host a game um, over a um, uh, over a, uh, a Tier 1 nation. This is getting to host a game against anybody at all. Mm. Um, they finally have got themselves a stadium that meets Rugby World Cup standards. Um, and so um, that does mean they are they can now host it, and that's because they are hosting the Oceania uh, games or something like this or alliance, um, which is why the government has put money into that stadium. So that's all great news. Now, Samoa get two more chances to qualify. They get to play against a um, the uh, the team that comes second out of the European qualification, yeah. um, and then if they lose that, they then Rapid also charge. go to into repechage. They got two more shots. They get three shots at qualifying for the Rugby World Cup. Is this fair? Uh, there are other teams in Asia, in Asia who their only chance is they've got to win the, the Asian Six Nations and then get into the repertoire. Yeah, they, they've got to win a tournament before they can even start to qualify. Um, is this fair or is this a matter of just making sure we get the right teams at the Rugby World Cup? I, I, I don't think it's fair. As soon as I saw that announcement about a year and a half ago um, that I, I instantly tweeted the CEO of World Rugby, Brett Gusper, and I'm like, you're missing on a huge opportunity here. It's the first ever Rugby World Cup that Asia's going to host. And they don't have another team outside of Japan confirmed automatically there. Sure, uh, Korea or Hong Kong are 25th to 29th in the world. But just imagine the amount of exposure that one of these nations would do for the first time ever qualifying for the Rugby World Cup in 2019. They don't get that opportunity just like that. They've got to go through, uh, you know, uh, uh, they win the Asian Five Nations or Six Nations. And then they have to go through a 14 charge tournament. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. For um, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's uh, stopping Asian growth here. If Korea qualified for the Rugby World Cup, just imagine what they would do for rugby. Then doesn't make any sense to me. It's it's like they got so much uh, strong teams in that group. It's it's kind of like um, the football World Cup. 
it's the same sort of thing. Everyone wants to see teams from Europe in that play it because that's a big sport, you know, over there. No one wants to see the All Whites, do they? So mm. they always have to go through such a long process to get into the damn thing, whereas these guys have chances of chances. It's the same sort of thing. And I guess it's just where the base yeah. of teams are. But it'll be good to see some other teams because the fans of the game, neutral fans, new fans like to see the underdog. They like to support that team from nowhere. They're first Japan. in the World Cup and things like that. Japan. I mean, like you said, if a Hong Kong got in there, imagine that. They will just go bananas. There'll be people wearing Hong Kong shirts everywhere because they didn't even know they had a rugby team. Um, even look at the World Cup here. Half the country didn't know that Georgia had a rugby team. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just those little nations that people in big places. Exactly. But you know, no one really knows because in New Zealand, we see Australia, we see South Africa, we see England, Ireland. We don't see Georgia. We don't see um, those little nations, Romania, that often. Uh, so that's what it needs to be exposure, not only to the teams going into the World Cup, but for the international viewers to see the little teams playing as well um, for the big nations and for the little nations alike. So, yeah, it, it is a bit. I can see both sides of that story. It's a bit like Super Rugby. They want to have the best teams playing there. But they really need to expose those little teams and the world of rugby to um, everyone to see these teams as well. And these players, like, you know, we, we've got so many superstars that have emerged from these little teams that it, you just need to keep that rolling. And World Cup is where you find them. Yeah, yeah. makes a good point. That they, Korea apparently lost to Japan 90-0. Um, and at full time had a 50-metre penalty and decided to kick for goal. Oof. even though they were losing 90-0. So um, there is that side of things as well that we don't want to see them getting... If they get thrashed 90-0 by Japan, how much are they going to lose to the All Blacks? Mm. And the thing is, too, you know, like, if you're... I can see both sides of the argument, but if you're going to... This is no disrespect to Japan, but if you're going to take the World Cup into their Asian market, which is really a new... Still a new market for rugby, um, you, you would think they did want to give... You know these smaller countries are a bit more of a realistic chance of, um, you know, of, of being at that tournament. But remember, like it's '95 World Cup, Japan got smashed by what was it, 108 to whatever it was back in the day. What it happens. Yeah, it does, exactly. Though. One of the big things about the 2015 World Cup, World Cup, was that those gaps had narrowed, and that the average yeah, um, whilst exactly. the um, so and, and that was one of the especially one of the, of, of the of the good things. Now um, Joshua Pierce says, yeah, let Korea establish a pro team in Japan League first. Now yeah, there's a whole bunch of issues around Japan um, uh, uh, domestic leagues uh, that would stop that. But I think it was still um, 145-17. Apparently it was um, yeah. that score. Um, but yeah, I, I guess for me, what what what, what um, the, if you look at the qualification process prior to, uh, for, for the 2015, it was very simple. Teams had a go. And if they didn't get it, they got chucked out into the um, uh, into the Grand Blanc uh, into the Now, I think what you could have done is taken the Japanese, um, sorry, the, the Asian uh, automatic qualification role place and given it to Pacifica. So two teams did automatically uh, qualify, and the other one went to the Repechage. And that would have made it very simple, rather than having these extra um, uh, 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 hurdles that you can go through um, and make it extra hard for other teams to make it making it uneven, I think it would have been much easier if it had just been a fair um, one way to, um, uh, to to do it. But there you go. That's um, that's my, my I, I my just opinion. think a, a point on that is uh, the Rugby World Cup is also a major, it's a major tournament to actually 
get you know it kept these world rugby moving getting world rugby to grow into new markets it's not just you know we've got to not look at it more than just a one-dimensional approach sure it's going to be all about the all blacks and the straight uh, straight england or whatever at the end of the tournament but during the pool stages we want to see those minnows really start to come up and we want to see world rugby grow if we don't take it to new markets we're going to stay in our own bubble and that's not how you expand rugby that's not how you grow rugby and rugby is one of the fastest growing sports in the world and we've got to keep it going like that we can't just keep in our own but our own you know our own small little ball because we will we'll not go anywhere. If you, if you, a short international rugby is great, but it can be greater in 20 years if we start developing these nations. Yeah, it should have. Perhaps actually next week what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, whether we should expand the, the World Cup to 2014. So have a think on that one over the next week. So I think we're getting towards uh, predictions time. So let's run through uh, um, the, uh, su the Super Rugby quarterfinals. And let's kick off with Brumbies versus the Hurricanes. Um, we'll start uh, over in Australia. Um, how do you see it going? Uh, it's it's hard to not tip the, the Canes here. I mean, the Brumbies have won six games out of nine. But the thing for the Brumbies is they've been losing very close matches. I think that they lost something like nine or ten games or eight games by less than seven points, and that's why they had so many losing bonus points. So all it takes is them to win a game. These are good defensively, but... I don't know if they have the scoring pro-esque that um, will outscore the Canes. So if the Brumbies are going to win, it's going to have to be a uh, forward-dominated game through the mall. Uh, the best rolling mall probably in, in Super Rugby is the Brumbies. They've got to score tries that way, and that's the only way they're going to score tries. Um, Aiden Toa's been injured. They've got some injuries in the outside backs, bringing Christian Lealia Fano in for the first time in a year. Uh, is he match ready for a Super Rugby uh, quarterfinal? Don't know. Um, I, I think it's too hard not to tip the Canes here. And the key, like you say, the Canes have to score. I mean, the Brumbies, I should say, have to score more points. They're not going to win like a 7-5 a or you know 9-6 scoreline. They're going to be big. There's going to be points, and they're ever going to have to score tries, or they're going to get left behind because the Hurricanes are going to kick to corners. They're going to take taps. They're not going to kick for goal all the time. Like, they only took like what four or five kicks throughout the whole season so mm -hmm. far. Um, before that, so they're not a team that's going to do that. Um, if the weather plays right, which I expect it should over in Australia because it's always sunny, isn't it? Um, no, they should zero be degrees come in on, camera. Come on, don't say that. Don't say zero that. No, it's going to be sunny. It's going to be sunny, fine, dry, dry ground, beautiful <laughs> conditions for running rugby. That's what's going to be like. And the Hurricanes going to run rampant all over them, and we're going to put put on the half century. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I think, the, I think the Hurricanes will, will what's get your mar What's your margins, guys, as well, please? Not just... Uh, not, we, not just not I'll go Canes by 10. See, I have to think about that one. I think the Hurricanes will, um, will run rampant probably, I don't know, 35, 18. <laughs> don't know. I'm going to pick the Hurricanes by 22. Bloody hell. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm the most conservative. I'm getting Hurricanes by seven, but there we go. Um, so next up, Crusaders versus the Highlanders. Mike, how do you see that one going? Yeah, really looking forward to it. And the Highlanders are a dark horse, and but it's in Christchurch, isn't it? It is down in yes, Christchurch, yes. Yeah, yeah I, I can't see the <clears throat> side of the Crusaders losing a, a quarterfinal. And I've had a feeling um, all year, well, since the start of the season, that Crusaders, you know, might just win the title this year, so they're going to have to do it. Um, starting this weekend, um, yeah, I think they'll they'll win it 
uh, by about 10. By 10, okay. Okay, so I'm picking the Crusaders by a whisker, though. I think this one's going to be close. The Crusaders will not be happy after last weekend. They will not be happy, and they will want to make a point in this competition, but they're probably playing the most resilient and tenacious team in the competition, I think, in the Highlanders, who are going to go up there with nothing to lose and are going to be like that arrogant, dickhead person who just won't go away and leave them alone. I think this one's going to be close. You're going to see both teams, especially the Highlanders, are going to throw caution every which way they can to try and force the Crusaders into being in an uncomfortable position and to not wanting to play how they want to play, which is going to be difficult for them to do. But if any team can do it, it's a team like the Highlanders. I'm picking the Crusaders by just four. <laughs> wow, that is a close one for that you. That is very close for me. You'd be proud. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, throwing a spanner in the works, I'm going Highlanders. Crusaders lost three in a row. Um, psychologically, it's getting, getting to them. And the Highlanders are just in really good form. Sure, they had a very slow start to the season, but look at where they are now. I, I don't know the stat, but they've won like 10 over 11 games or something. Um, you know, I, I think they'll be they'll be pretty, it's probably a bit too good, but it's hard to go past Kieran Reid and his leadership. But I'll go Highlanders by one point. Well, yeah, I like the going... comments just said it was Mitchell Hunt last time they met too, wasn't it? Um, with that drop goal, that ridiculous drop goal. Well, wasn't it the, after the bell, or was that yeah. another game? The Highlanders? No, it yeah. was about 81st and something seconds minute. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So I'm I'm going I'm going Crusaders by five. Um, which puts me very unusually as a large margin. And Steve, I think it's probably the first time in, in, in picking history with that one. Okay, we then head over to South Africa. So Lions versus the Sharks. Uh, go on, Steve, you can kick off on this one. Jeez. Uh, this one's probably the biggest no-brainer of them all. Uh, you talked about earlier the Sharks might have something in this, up their sleeve, but I don't think the Lions can stuff things up three times. They arrested everyone and screwed up top of the table last year in Argentina. They did it again this year, and now they've got a chance. They've managed to recover it. They've got an opportunity. They can't stuff it up three times. They'll be putting away the Sharks, I think. They will know exactly what's going to happen. They're back at home as opposed to being away. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll blow them away. I'm picking uh, we're going to go by 29 points to the Lions. <laughs> Daniel? I'd like to think it'll be close, but I just can't see it. The Lions, just, they're just too clinical this year. Yeah, I've got nothing much else to add from um, Steve. I'll go I'll go Lions by 20. A bit, bit more uh, realistic, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, I was thinking that Lions by 24. <laughs> and as usual, I'll come with the smallest margin, Lions by 14. Uh, and then for me, I think the, um, the, the hardest one of the weekend, perhaps to pick, the Stormers did beat the Chiefs earlier this season at um, at home. Uh, they're hosting them again. Yes, the Chiefs put it one, what, what beat by like 40-odd points last year at, at this time, but I think the Storms are a different beast this time round. Mm. So, um, Mike, as our resident Chiefs man, uh, how do you see the Stormers Chiefs going? Um, no Charlie Nartai. Tim Nanai-Williams Nani comes back. Um, Stephen Donald potentially playing at 12. Um... I think the Stormers, yeah, I just, the, the scenario for the Chiefs, and it's in their minds, they're already talking about it, if they win this game, they have to come back, play in either Hamilton or Christchurch, and, and then if 
they win that, they go away for the final. So, now nah, I think the Stormers are going to win. Um, they won there earlier this year, and the Stormers are a much different team this, this season than last. So, um, nah, Chiefs, it's not their year, I'm afraid. So how many how many buy how many for the how many buy for the Stormers? Uh, I'm going to go fifteen. Oh, a big big win, Daniel. That's a bit big. Uh, I'll go Storm Stormers by seven, but I'm I'm just going to go out on the limb and say whoever wins this game is not going to make it to the final anyway. So um, you know I think regardless, either playing the Lions, the Crusaders, or the Hurricanes, uh, either the Stormers or Chiefs are going to get smoked in the semi. So we'll go we'll go uh, Stormers by uh, seven points, but I think it's a losing battle for both teams anyway. Well, that's a bit harsh. Um, a good point is made in the comments by Jack here saying, of course, as we all know, the Lions have never played or haven't played a New Zealand team this year. But I did counter that, and I think it's a fair point that the New Zealand teams have never played the Lions this year either. Mm. So you can say that, oh, the Lions, you know, they haven't played. They don't know what to expect. New Zealand teams look so good. But the Lions have beaten what's in front of them. They've taken them out, and they've dominated, really. So the advantage and disadvantage goes both ways. The, the um, Whoever plays them, um, the Sharks this week, they'll know. But the New Zealand team that comes up, they still have to play the unknown that they don't haven't played against either. Uh, for the current game we're looking at, uh, I'm going Stormers as well. Um, the Chiefs have just been a bit too wishy-washy this year. For me, they've been on and off. They've been injured. Half the teams are the hospital ward. Uh, mm. And they just can't seem to, to really smack down their exact uh, template of what they want to do. Um, and going over to South Africa, we know what they did last time but i can't see that happening again i really like the stormers i think they've developed good well this year and become a lot better team than they were say last year for that um and i'm gonna pick a stormers by 12 to win this one home advantage to get them over the line the, wow the chiefs so... not sorry just to interrupt chiefs have not had any leadership this year you, you know um penalties have been atrocious sam kane not a leader as far as i'm concerned and there's just so much focus on Aaron Cruden and his departure, and and now nah, I, I just can't see them putting up a fight, even with the likes of Retallet and all that coming back. Not well. I'm going to go against the uh, against the grain here, and mm. I'm backing the Chiefs to win this by five. So there we go. Uh, clearly, I know nothing, um, as the host, as all my as all my expert guests have gone the other way. Um, what are you backing that on? Because is that just a, a flick of the coin, or what, what's the reason? Whenever you see a New Zealand side playing overseas, you pick the New Zealand side. They, it's, it's, it's just how you do it. So it's, it's... <laughs> they, they tend to win. Look at, the, look at the Blues. Look what happened. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so I'm back in the Chiefs by five. Uh, I say they did, they did do that 40 uh, odd points. They have, as you say, Vitalik, Kane, uh, Cruden. There's class in there. Um, I think they will step it up when it really matters um so that's where i'm going uh just uh, the other point to kick off is that the um for, the, for everyone the curry cup kicks off this weekend um which seems really strange as super rugby is still going on um so the sharks will not only be playing um against uh the lions but they'll also be playing against the cheetahs uh, in the curry cup um i will give you my curry cup uh, preview and predictions uh, tomorrow so do look out for that Probably also earth is that going to work with the pro 14 bloody that's a discussion for another day but she's <laughs> <so much. laughs> that, 
<laughs> that's a discussion for another day and i think i'm going to do my piece on that on thursday so um check out for my yeah my my 10 minute uh, chat about the south african teams and i'm sure that um that all these three guys will also be doing videos about that so check already out keep an eye on their channels as well you've already done it oh there we go see <laughs> i'm just too slow um so thank you very much for joining us we have come to the end of the show don't forget that um live post-match reaction to both the Brumbies versus Hurricanes and the Crusaders versus Highlanders with guys right here. Uh, check out the links down below. Uh, if you click on that link, you can put a reminder and it will pop up and remind you uh, to watch us um, when you're doing that. So please go ahead and do that. Don't forget, please do give this a thumbs up and like it, share it with your friends, all of that kind of stuff. Um, there will also be a recording on SoundCloud. Uh, so if you'd like to listen to it and you are listening, actually, if you're listening on SoundCloud, um, then please do subscribe. And if this has made makes it all the way to iTunes, same again, do subscribe, please. So thank you, everybody, for joining me. Daniel, how can people get hold of you? Yeah, just on Twitter at Scottish Canon 4. That may change in the upcoming days. We'll see. And also Scottish Canon on YouTube. Uh, just search it in the search engine and you'll find me first link. Mike, thank you for joining me. How do people get hold of you? Oh, thanks for having me. Um, you can... Find me on Twitter at Real Mike Pullman. Cool. And last and most definitely most, most south, if not least, um, Steve, how can everyone get hold of you? She's trying to dodge around that one, won't you? Um, <laughs> you you've searched me up. Uh, Cornflake is the name of most things. Uh, Cornflake's crib on Twitter and on YouTube. You can find me there for all your rugby requirements, number one place, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, waiting for yeah, a refute by someone there, but no one was jumping in. <laughs> there we go. Uh, all professional uh, right to the end. Obviously, I am Paul, <laughs> the guy behind Driving Mall, at Driving Mall on Twitter, uh, and I'll see this on this channel as well. So please do subscribe to this channel uh, to get all your rugby stuff. Um, obviously, the number two channel after um, Cornflake, who is the number one place to be. Um, so do join us next week. We'll be back again, obviously, reviewing the quarterfinals. Looking forward to the semifinals. Um, and also any other hot topics that we see.